coming to you from the R&R Studios. This is Season 2 of 100% Jeff and Chris. Chris, we're here for Episode 1, man. How you feeling? Uh, with our guests today and finally being back on the air, it feels pretty good. So we're excited to get this one rolling. So how appropriate is it to start this new season? Kicking off the new season is kicker Anthony Prevost. So Vost, how you feeling, my man? How, how you been? I'm feeling great. I'm feeling great. Glad to be uh, back on air with you guys. Yeah, it's definitely been a while. I mean, we, you know, we wish we were back in West Banco Arena and getting those kicks again, getting those unos, one of those, fa- one of the favorite things for me to call. But, um, you know, obviously it's been a challenge and everything, but ever since, let's go all the way back to that ring ceremony in November. So it's been a year since we've seen you. How how have things been since then? Uh, things have been going. Uh, I can say that things have been going nonstop, uh, especially with all this COVID stuff. It's been a lot of changes. Um, a lot of schedules altered and things like that, but all all is well though. All has been well. How things been? Um, you know, you have the kicking school, you have different things going on. Um, we, obviously, you guys were probably shut down a little bit from that, but from the videos and everything we've seen, it seems like business is back to normal. Yeah, business slowed down just a little bit, um, just because everyone was trying to figure out, you know, their how they were gonna piece everything together with going out in public and things like that. So business slowed down a little bit, but we started to uh, separate our groups, make smaller groups, and uh, that brought more clients out. Uh, we just recently held a camp, uh, kicking camp, had a new a couple of new clients come out um, where we were able to chart everyone and things like that. So uh, business has been pretty good. Um, just trying to get everything back in order as far as uh, the high school goes. You know, I coach at the at Surrey County, because um, we're going to be playing eight games this spring, starting February 4th. Uh, that's the first day of practice. So um, just been trying to get all those things in order, just working, working, working heavy. Um, just just trying to get through all the, the limitations and holdups, you know, hiccups and stuff like that as far as 2020 goes. Right. So we've we've been through it with us calling high school football. How different of a mindset do you have to get into to coach from – normally being in the fall and now coaching in the spring? Um, well, definitely a change of mindset, but uh, it just takes me back to spring ball in college, those early mornings, um, being outside on the field, you know, rain, sleet, or snow, uh, three, four, five o'clock in the morning for two, three hours at a time. And um, it's just something you got to do. It's a special place you got to tap into in your mind and just go to, get lost, and uh, be ready to play. Football's football. Uh, starts when it's warm, ends when it's cold, but this time we'll play like soccer season. Start when it's cold and end when it's hot. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, now how's the mindset been for the players, too? Uh, how have you guys been able to prepare them? Um, Just just talking with them, just going over uh, a new routine, trying to get their mind prepared for cold. Um, my biggest thing talking to them um, is you're going to have to tap into, like, the mental focus a lot more. You're going to have to be a lot more locked in as far as details go um, because it's going to be cold. There's going to be other things that you're going to be worried about. And then also, I've been stressing, you know, get your body prepared. Uh, start running now, lifting now, and things like that because that first day of hitting practice is going to be a lot different than the middle of August. You know, it'll be the middle of February and that'll be the first time you put the pads on and, you know, go touch helmet to helmet. And uh, I know most guys shy away from contact when it starts to get colder and things like that. 
So, I mean, just getting those guys prepared for things that some of them, I know a lot of them have never experienced. I think last year was the first year in a long time that we had a post-season game playoff appearance. So, uh, that was the first, one of the first few times that a lot of those players have played in a cold, kind of muddy environment and things like that. So, just kind of getting them to try to remember those days, build on it, and um, leadership this year is going to be big. You know, keeping the guys all focused and things like that. Because, you know, as the coaching staff, we can't all do it by ourselves. So we're teaching the kids to kind of hold each other accountable and things like that. That, you know, that'll also help keep them together and build them up. Absolutely. And especially with the experiences that you've had throughout your career. And, uh, oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I mean, and you, yeah. you even got to, you had the opportunity to uh, play with the crew um, in the yeah. semi pro ball, got to play. That was, uh, that was cool. Yeah, tell us a little bit about that. Um, so it's a semi-pro team out of Newport News. Um, I've known about them since I was in college. Had a couple friends of mine, teammates, play for them. Um, just always kept close contact with the coach while I was coming out of college. He was interested in, you know, my kicking and other skills that, you know, you guys have been able to see too. Um, so he just kind of kept me in the loop. And anytime they need, you know, kicking assistance or anything like that, they're going into a big game or playoffs or anything like that i usually get a call and you'll see if i'm available i'm always willing to help you know um keeps me active gives me another opportunity to get on the field and you know do what i do and then also it's another opportunity to get filmed because you guys also know my film situation coming out of college and how everything's pretty much deleted so i take advantage of those opportunities when i can um great organization the championship team um I think I can recall maybe six or seven championships over the last 12 years or so. So they're, they're pretty good. Um, they play all year round. So they have a fall, winter, and a spring league. Um, so they, all those guys are all, all always tuned up and ready to go. Um, I, I just enjoy it. Um, another opportunity, like I said, to get out there on the field, put some work in, and network. I'm big on networking and um, meeting people and just kind of, word of mouth kind of thing and um this it's been great so far um it helped get me prepared to go out to west virginia i can say that definitely um, so that's a lot of good that comes out of it yeah i mean i mean in this day and age it's all in who you know honestly i mean it, it, it it's what connections you make and honestly i mean <laughs> making connections with you is is gives us the ability to do this so thank you for you know being here and you know thank greg for bringing us all on and you know yeah, being yeah. able to put us all together that way we you know teams teams end at the end of the season but man friendships and family that that lasts forever that lasts forever i still remember uh first meeting you guys down in the hotel lobby that was awesome yeah i mean and a lot a lot of people don't know this you know you you talk to us a, a lot of times and chris was up in the box you and I had some really cool moments down on the field, just either making fun of players and making fun of ourselves, like just doing a bunch of different crazy stuff. It was a blast down there. I had so much fun. It was definitely an experience getting to go out there and be a part of the live action. Um, there's nothing better than, you know, doing the fist bump and then hitting the Uno right after. And I feel like that was, that was magic. Yeah, um, yeah, definitely. That, that was, you know, that's definitely an experience. Um, you know, as, as as you guys know, I had my 2018 season when I was with the team, but I didn't play much. So to actually be on the other side of that, that uh, pad is, is amazing. Yeah, so 
Talk to us a little bit about the difference between trying to kick outdoors and trying to change it up and kick indoors. Because you had a little different different arenas to kick in. West Banco wasn't, it was a little lower, but man, that Michigan roof, man. Whoo! I'll, I'll tell you guys, uh, with me, it really all depends on the uh, the height of the arena, I guess. Because um, as we got into bigger arenas, I was able to keep my normal kicking form and technique and everything. I didn't really have to change much, but the lower the ceiling, the more you have to drive the ball, kind of hit more center of the ball um, and drive it more. It's harder to control and it's definitely an adjustment per arena. And you got to adjust literally every kick. Um, but aside from that, though, um, just the point of contact on the ball is a little different because you're going from a leather ball to um, composite leather, which is essentially like rubber. And um, so how the ball compresses on your foot is a lot different. So like I said, the point of contact, the force you put behind the ball, the way you follow through and things like that, um, all you got to make, you know, adjustments and things like that. May have to kick off of a, a lower tee or, you know, whatever the, the changes may be. But um, definitely took some adjusting to uh, get used to it. Um, I never really had these issues when we played in Richmond. And I think that was due to the higher ceiling. So I just didn't have much to kind of factor into the kick other than kicking the ball. Um, so that that was that was pretty much the only thing. And then obviously the dimensions of the, the field goal posts are different, um, a little higher, and obviously a lot tighter than the college and pro uh, posts. So that was an adjustment. But I mean, um, I've always been taught to aim small, miss small. So we practice on small targets. We usually go find a light post or something and just try to dial in uh, on the light post from 20 going back to 50 if you get to 60. You know, it's all about keeping it on that, that, that tight line. Yeah, I mean, that's – it's. I don't know why more people don't go after arena kickers, man. I mean, you guys have got that small window, and it's – I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely a skill that uh, – or a challenge, rather, that we step up to that a lot of uh, kickers, some even in the NFL and CFL now, are kind of spooked to go try it. Because, um, like I said, the dimensions are different. And not everyone trains to uh, aim small, miss small. Everyone just trains to, you know, kick it through the two two uprights, the two yellow things. <laughs> Pretty much. I mean, growing up, we, we grew up with a lot of really, really good kickers. And it seems like now, more than ever, they're just, they're missing more kicks. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I do. Um, a lot of it has to do with the recent changes in the kicking game. Um, there's a lot that you can still do, but there's also a lot that you can't do. So it alters a lot of people's performance. And then it gives you that much more to worry about. I know the biggest adjustment so far for most people is the extra points. Um, changing that in the NFL is a little further back, so it's no different than a regular uh, field goal kick from 33. Um, but that that kind of messes up a couple guys because um, it's just different. Just looking at uh, looking down the field, looking at it, um, you're used to being pretty much right underneath the post. Just got like they say, chip it through. But uh, we know no kick is a chip shot, even the even the close ones. I usually say the close ones are the hardest ones. But um, I have noticed a lot of guys missing, um, and that's just due to the differences in the the, the rule changes and you know, spacing on the field and things like that. So a lot of guys are making adjustments on the fly because um, there's what there's uh, the part that they're used to as far as, like, their training goes and what they're setting, their mechanics and all of that. And then 
there's it is hard to get out of what you're used to. You know what I mean? Um, so I know like in the the, the XFL, um, the kickoff is different. Mm-hmm. So I know that that kind of flustered a couple guys because they couldn't go all out on the kickoff. You know, they didn't want touchbacks. You know, things like that. So I don't know. It's just it's just one of those ever changing things. You just gotta step up to the plate every time, knock it down. Definitely. I'll tell you what, I mean, you know, hope I was hoping you would still be in the Valley here because, man, you would be impressed with some of the kickers from around this Valley right now. Um, there's a young man at Wheeling Park right now. He's a very good kicker, Andrew Glass. And then there's a private school here uh, called Lindsley. Uh, they have a kicker, Joe Alima. He's actually originally from Ontario. Um, came to school at Lindsley, kicking very, very well. And then Jeff and I last year actually saw one of the top-ranked kickers He's from Morgantown High School. He's committed to Marshall. And, I mean, I'm telling you, this kid, almost every kick, it was a touchback. I mean, he was nailing field goals. I didn't get to see him play this year because he was hurt. But you guys uh, know um, what offers he had? Yeah, he had, um, I know, WVU, Marshall. Um, and then there were some smaller FCS schools that were looking at him, too. But, I was going to say, I can imagine he probably racked up a bunch of uh, offers. Yeah, he did. I mean, big kid too. I mean, six foot five kicker. I mean, it's oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, he had the long legs. Did he, and, um, did he punt too? He he was a punter too. Yep. Awesome, I mean, awesome. would completely just change the <laughs> field position. I mean, like I said, you you would have loved watching him. I mean, just awesome. a phenomenal kicker. But even going back to that, um, you know, Jeff he paid a lot more attention to the AFL than I was able to. But just following through, and one of the kickers from Ohio State, he was still in school. Tyler Durbin. Now, he had already used up his eligibility, but then they had to bring him in and kick for the uh, Columbus Destroyers. Um, yeah, their kicker got hurt or something, but it just goes back to that adjustment. You know, he's kicking for Ohio State, and then all of a sudden it's like they show he shows up at practice and there's a smaller field goal post. Oh, yeah, definitely. And I know that um, kind of played a part in uh, me playing in Richmond as well, too, the tryout that I went to to earn my spot was in the arena. Mm-hmm. The second tryout I went to to kind of reevaluate if I really earned the spot or not was outside on the middle school field with like 30 mile an hour crosswinds <laughs> in the mud. And we both hit pretty decent balls, but he made a little bit more than I did, you know, fair wind. And um, they just wanted to make sure that they were going to keep his contract, which I can understand, you know. Um, they had already signed the guy and they were trying to sign me but i just i just stayed down kept working hard and that gave me something to uh work towards and compete you know for and he was a real good guy um we actually worked together a lot he helped me get prepared to come out to west virginia um so the kid that they had last yeah and, and that was the big thing too i mean even with what jeff said as well he's like you know this guy is the swiss army knife he can do it all he can return try, kicks. Try to, man. Try to. <laughs> there's always a door closing somewhere i gotta keep one of them now my favorite my favorite play still has to be in the championship when you had that two-point conversion and then you just pegged the ref out of nowhere on the first one i got the late pitch from uh from uh panasuk drawing a blank be panasuk wouldn't it yeah drew i got the late pitch from drew and uh got put into the wall so that happened. I think that was the first or second game of the year. So I had to get in on that one. Yeah. I mean, like I said, it was just great to see the celebration. I mean, like I said, did you even notice you pegged the ref at first? No, I, I, I didn't even notice I hit the ref. I still want to apologize to him. 
watch that clip all the time. My dad hit him pretty hard. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you knew he knew right away who you were. Yeah, he, he did. He said, I mean, I talked to him briefly on the field. Said no hard feelings, but just tone it down next time. I said, hopefully, it's the next time. But you know, yeah, I mean, I'm hey, just excited to get in there. I've been waiting to get in there all year. Yeah, and hey, Izzy had your back, man. He went over and got the ball headed to the ref. He's like, hey, man, you know, he just got in the end zone. He's I excited. Like, I feel like everybody in the arena understood what I had going on in my head at the moment. <laughs> yeah, man, there there was a huge pop, huge uproar, and that really, between you and and Love's recover in the end zone, man, those, those two things changed the tide of that championship game. I, I like how we uh, came out, you know. Um, even though we started kind of down, came play from behind i think uh that's what we needed to play with the energy through the game that we did energy let's <laughs> <laughs> see what you did there um i think that's what we needed so that kept us going and uh, i think uh me crossing that plane kind of gave the team also a little spark too because we've all been waiting on that all year you know we, we talk about it all the time and the things we were doing practice and stuff like that so you know in due time, my time was coming around and made the most of it in, in the biggest game of the year. Now, what was the conversation at halftime, too? I mean, you know, like I said, they had the bad start. Even even Mook said it in Philadelphia when we were there for the ring ceremony. He said, guys, we were fine. Like, we knew exactly what we were doing. Was that the same message that he also gave you guys in the locker room? That's the exact same message. It was actually uh, the most calm message we had at halftime all year. Came in, we said, guys, we're fine. Uh, we just got to keep playing. Um, they came out trying to prove a point, but we're the ones that's going to make the point at the end of the day. You know, we got to play as a family. We got to play as a team together. And, uh, you know, one by one, every play, play by play, we'll make it happen. Um, so we just kind of all came together. They gave everyone a chance to catch their breath and kind of calm down. I mean, it was it's jitters. You know, the championship game, we're undefeated. And we're at home. Everybody got a little, a little flustered. Um, so once we realized where we were and remembered who we were as a team, I think that kind of brought everything back into play for us. And then we came out second half, calm, cool, collected, and ran the show, put on the show for you guys. Always. Yeah, it was, it was a blast. Just that day, man, was was crazy. Chris and I actually had a had a wedding we had to be at of a buddy of ours. And we were both we were both at the wedding just sweating bullets like we were we you would have thought we we were playing man like we were just we were amped we were ready to go I got to the arena and I walked into the the media room to grab my stuff and I walk past and I hear this fan going off and like plastic hitting I'm like what is that and I look in and they were setting up the champagne room and I went oh my god this is for real right now like this is really gonna happen I've never had an experience like that but man. That final that final whistle went off and we're all in that champagne room, man. That was the best thing. I mean it was it was definitely one of those moments you just gotta just stand there and just take it all in. I mean, me coming out, I'm I don't even think Richie came out first. Usually I come out after the mascot. I think he was already on the field. So I was the first one to come out in the tunnel. And I almost had a heart attack coming out. All those people going crazy. I saw the towels going crazy. Yeah, it was the last time I was around that that bit of energy was uh, my state championship game, which was actually 10 years from this championship. Awesome. 10-year mark. That's crazy. So shed us a little light on that because a lot of people don't know that. You you were 
quarterback in, of a state championship team, correct? I was one of the backups, but I, I did play quarterback that year. I wasn't the quarterback that year. That was actually Demetrius Campbell. We called him Bama. Um, great guy. But um, I was one of the backups that year. Played a couple different positions. Um, mainly kicking, though, but whatever I could do to help the team. But, yeah, back in 2009, we actually won our high school's first uh, state championship. Um, now, they've been back to the state semifinals twice, three times since uh, I've graduated, but uh, I haven't won it since then. But, uh, yeah, that was that was another one of those magical years. Just kind of, we just kind of all put it together as the season went, um, same as how we did in West Virginia. I mean, because we almost, we almost threw it all the way out in uh, Michigan. But um, each game, we learned something. Um, we lost people. We gained people. Some people got weaker, some people got stronger, but I think that's what made us uh, durable as far as when we got to the playoffs. Uh, we had already been through everything we were going to go through. Um, and I can relate that to this past season in, in West Virginia. We had already been through everything we were going to go through, especially the guys that were with us in Richmond. Um, we got to see both sides of that. Uh, it hurt me even more because I stood on the sideline in Richmond when we lost. In 2018, I was in the stands um, watching in 2017 when they won. I went to go watch uh, Ricky Seegers, one of the guys uh, that I trained with coming up through high school, played against while I was in college. So just to have those types of reflections for me is big. Um, and then going forward, it's, it's something to teach to the kids that I coach and stuff like that. But as far as like all the positions that I played, I mean, that just plays a big part into who I am. I'm always ready for any opportunity. As you guys see, I went out to line up for the kick and ended up with the ball in my hands. Um, but I've always been, as you guys know, I've always been ready for that opportunity in those moments. And that came from playing other positions and getting that experience and getting knocked around a few times and knocking a few people around myself. So it all comes around full circle. Yeah, yeah I mean, you've... It's not normal to see a kicker come and fly from wall to wall all the way across and <laughs> put a lick on somebody and uh, <laughs> then realize, oh, okay, he's over there. He can hit. <laughs> I put somebody into the wall, but I didn't get to put him over the wall. That was one of my goals. So I, I think I, I reached every goal except that one. So I, I got some unfinished business. So I'm hoping another team hears this and they're uh, willing to pick me up. I mean, yeah, and, that, and that's one thing, you know, Jeff and I were talking about, and it's like, with the pandemic and everything, you know, we knew you had a few tryouts that um, were supposed to happen, but because of the pandemic, weren't they just weren't able to. But you just yeah. kept going. I mean, I, I think it was literally, I can't remember the whole thing, but I, I know you weren't able to go. But literally the next day, you're back out there filming yourself kicking once again. You're yeah, just right back to work. Absolutely. Got to stay working. Um, also, I like to lead by example. So all my kids that like to have their lazy days, too, I got to show them. You know, I want to have mine, but. At the same time, I don't make excuses for, you know, great great work, great athletes and stuff like that. So if you want to be great, you got to go out and sacrifice. Get out there in the cold, get out there when it's muddy in the rain, snowing. I love kicking in the snow, by the way. Just had to snow in Virginia in a couple years. <laughs> Enough to stick anyways. But, uh, yeah. Now with, with Louisville, it's kind of close to you not i mean not extremely close louisville going in the ifl could that be a uh a, maybe a spot to go up and try to try out for them possibly with them coming into uh the ifl and being a new team yeah i mean i'll definitely uh consider it um right now i'm just trying to see if i can more so get on a team that's closer to where i'm at 
uh, you know, due to the traveling and all that money and all of that. But, I mean, if they're willing to foot the bill for the travel, then we can work something out. But uh, right now, I'm just working. If another opportunity comes, it comes. But uh, I'm always ready. Now, how tough was that, though, for you? I mean, even uh, last season with the Rough Riders, I mean, you, you would come up maybe the night before the game and then have to drive back. I mean, I, I don't know how your legs did it, man. It was it was tough, but I'm always on the road. Mm. So the drive to me was nothing. I mean, the hours were a little different. I think after, like, week four or five, I got used to the drive on my, uh, my landmarks, stopping mm. points, everything. But, um. I don't know how I did it. To be honest with you, I really don't know how I did it. I don't know how I did it because uh, I used to struggle sitting on a bus for four or five hours in college, and my legs would be shot by the time we got to the stadium for the game. So I really don't know how I did it. I think I was just a little bit more determined than I'm used to be. And then, um, like I said, I just didn't make any excuses. I had a game to play the next day and went out and made sure I did all of that. Now to drive home, yeah, it's a little challenge there because I'm tired. May have went out and partied a little bit after <laughs> win overnight, and I got to drive eight hours home. But it was all worth it, you know. Uh, three, four hours into the drive, I, I start smiling. Just kind of look back on the weekend, look forward to the next one. Absolutely, and and you saw me one time when I was like dying at the end of a fifteen mile run. I, did. I saw you on my way out. Yeah. <laughs> I tell you what, Jeff. I mean, what a breath of fresh air it was to see him. I mean, I'm literally at the end of this. I got about oh a little less than a mile to go after fifteen. I'm just like. Oh, hey, folks, just gave me that extra boost, man, just to be able to finish, you know, when you see your boy. You know, it's so nice to, you know, just get somebody cheering you on along the way. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you guys definitely kept me motivated along the way as well. You guys are always, you know, coming up with new stuff and looking to, you know, take down new challenges and things like that. So you guys definitely were a part of that, keeping me, you know, motivated throughout the season as well. Absolutely, man. We appreciate that. I appreciate you guys. I mean, yeah, I mean, that zero is still hanging on my wall back here, man. It's over it's over here in my, my little shrine I got going on. There you go. So, but yeah, I've got, uh, I've got your jersey hanging there, and I've got a couple different pictures of uh, Beavers and, and Love and Langster, and just um, a picture of you and I up there as well. And then there's one of you carrying the ball right beside the jersey. So you're definitely you're definitely still here, my man. There you go. That's what's up, man. I appreciate that. I'm glad the jersey's in, in good hands, too, because I know they're about to try to sell it to somebody. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't too happy about that, but I'm, I'm, I'm good on where it's at now. Oh, yeah. I As soon as I as soon as soon I was able to get it, I, I messaged you right away and was like, it's in good hands. Don't you worry. I got it. Yeah, I saw the jerseys going up, and I was like, oh, I hope they don't just give it to somebody random. Definitely, definitely. I mean, it would have been, it would have been a, a great thing for them, but you know, I wanted it to go specifically to certain people, so it all worked out. Definitely. Now, even you know, even those long, you know, those long drives and everything. The one thing that I've really respected about you is, you know, you've been able to really have a lot of thoughts and everything, and then you've put it out there, whether it be Instagram stories different things like that and you've really been using your voice and so sometimes those long drives have given you that opportunity to be able to do that I think definitely give me the opportunity to think just kind of reflect on things and when i get the opportunity i'll stop and write things down i've been doing that a lot lately as things come to mind i'll write them down or i'll post them it may be relevant may not be relevant but it gets you it gets you thinking um and it may not be for me it may be for someone else so um 
maybe for someone else to hear, for someone else to read. So that's why I do it. Um, in the end, it comes back around. It helps me out, too. Um, kind of settles your mind a little bit with all this crazy stuff going on around us now. So, yeah, the, the long drives definitely gave me, gave me a lot to reflect on um, as far as just in general and then especially, you know, for on the field activities and things like that. So do my pregame routine before I even get there, you know, all day before and things like that. So some of the some of the videos, you you are serious in some of them, but man, some of them are, are so beyond funny that it's just I rem, I recall one where you were at I think an auto store or something, and that uh-huh. girl was trying to to drive with the with the shield on the the uh, windshield. Yeah, I was I was so confused. She put up the visor on her on her windshield and started driving i wasn't understanding how how she did that math because it wasn't adding up to me because i'm pretty sure you got to see out the windshield to be able to drive but you know as long as she wasn't heading my way i was fine. <laughs> <laughs> a little duck and cover after that maybe yeah no, definitely but i mean especially with with everything going on you know and you you've been willing to have the conversations with me you know i've texted you a couple times and we've been able to talk about, you know, people just not understanding what's going on around us. But you've also used that voice and that platform to be able to get the message out there and, you know, to try to unify and to try to get people just to understand what's been going on out what's there. What's going on? I mean, yeah, someone that's very regular like myself and not trying to be all politically correct and all this about everything and all of that. Um, it's just a conversation um, from a lot of angles that just needs to be had and people need to just be open to hearing things they've probably never heard before because they probably don't understand it they never lived it or heard it or just had that conversation before so i mean the people that are open and willing to talk about pretty much anything and everything those are the kind of people i gravitate towards and you learn a lot from them they learn a lot from you and i think that's that's the main thing like a lot of people stop learning they're stuck in what they already know and they don't want, they're, they're afraid of uh, what what else is out there, you know. Because a lot of people don't want to be wrong. Water, it's fine. Thank you. Um, a lot of people don't, don't want to be wrong. Um, but sometimes you got to be wrong to learn how to be right. Um, so that's that's why I do it. And I mean, you, you have a lot of good insight. And I'm sure you get a lot of good insight from, from me. Absolutely. And I enjoy those conversations. Those, those the, just a little bit goes a long way. And, and that's where it has to start, too. And I think, and, and that was the vibe that, you know, I even got from you when we were texting back and forth that the conversation just needs to be started for now. And then you expand on it from there. And then you, yeah, as you get more into details about certain things, as you start to ask more questions, then you open that book a little bit more. I, I think people just have gone about it in the wrong way as far as their approach. It's more of a, I'm going to say this and you're going to listen instead of like, let's have a two-way conversation. I want to hear what you have to say. I, I want you to hear what I have to say. I want to hear how you feel. And I want to feel how you feel. I want to, you know, understand the things you understand and all those, all those cool things. But it's like when you're stuck in a box, every, anything from the outside is going to come to you as a challenge. And either you're going to stand up to the challenge and learn from it or you're going to run away from the challenge. No different than playing sports. Um, and because I deal with a lot of kids as far as the coaching and mentoring and things like that, 
That's why I'm open to having these conversations because I know um, a lot of these kids won't have the conversation unless someone brings it up um, or the conversation that they're having at home is kind of affecting them in a way where when they come to me at practice, they're asking me questions. Well, coach, what about this? What about that? Because my mom said this and my dad said that. You know, so I kind of give them the other perspective or that in-between perspective. I give them an understanding of both sides, which is why I never really get too mad at anyone because I'm going to understand you. I'm going to try to understand you before I judge you on it because your experiences most likely have been different from my experiences. And I can't, like, put a cap on you based on how I feel and what I know and what I've been through because you're not me and I'm not you. So I explain to them, you know, things that your parents understand or may teach you or show you, that's what they know, you know, and that's what they've been taught and that's what works for them. Um, and that may be what they're comfortable with. But that's also the only thing they know to teach you. Um, they may teach you both sides of it and why this is good and why that's bad, but they follow through on one side more than the other. So I have a lot of kids that are kind of like torn in between and it's making their at-home life a little bit harder because now they're trying to have that conversation and they're seeing how hard having that conversation is just with their own parents. Um, and that could be about anything. So um, that's another reason why I do it because I want these kids to understand that you you have a voice too and it needs to be heard and respected. You know, um, I think a lot of people have just kind of grown used to biting their tongue and keeping things under wraps to keep the peace. Um, but that's pretty much how everything has gotten out of control. Everyone's just kind of mm -hmm. keeping their mouth shut and letting things flow as as they are. Um, instead of speaking up on things to keep the peace or putting things back in order, back in place to kind of restructure things how they should be. You know, and, and that's one of the things, you know, even from a personal level, too, that, you know, I've I've kind of I've kind of gone away more from the social media side of things. Like, I really don't read a whole lot anymore on there. And but, you know, willing to be able to have the conversation in person. And now, you know, some people. Yeah, I mean, obviously, they're going to be more vocal on social media or they might be more vocal in person. But like you said, either way, you know, they need to make sure that their voice is heard. Yeah, because you don't have to like it or agree with it for as long as you understand it that's all people are asking for but then that's the thing you know i think that's the hard part too is just a lot of people don't understand that but yeah don't understand because it it's never been a reality yeah it really hasn't you know what i mean and and so you, can, you just can't fathom the idea of certain things being the way that they are well other people see it every day all day and it's like what do you mean you don't you don't understand so just to kind of like that wise words from anthony previous there i mean seriously i mean i'm not all just football <laughs> <laughs> that's why we wanted you on here swiss army knife in real life as well yeah, so um i feel like a lot of that comes from the fact that you and i had kind of the same bring up being in military families of understanding yeah. the hardships and understanding things aren't way the way they are. There's, there's different doors to different things. Exactly. You know, it was tough. You know, parents always 
deploying and going overseas, and I, I never understood why. And then from an early age, I, I kind of adopted the the realization of, you know, it, it is what it is. Um, can't make it any more than what it is. and can't make it any less than what it's not. And uh, I actually, over the years, formed this motto uh, for myself. It is what it is. It's, it's not what it's not. Um, and it's just that. I can't make it any more than what it is. I can't make it any less than what it's not. So I just kind of got to do what I got to do in, in the middle. Just make it happen. Put that on a t-shirt. Yeah, right. Trying to. But, yeah, I think the military background um, and upbringing had a lot to do with that. Um, there's a lot of before I do anything or even while I'm doing stuff, there's a lot of reasoning and logic that goes into my next move. So that's what brings me to the thinking part and the understanding. Before I react to anything or before I, you know, am proactive to anything, I want to understand what I'm going into. I want to understand what I'm up against. Um, it's no different than uh, doing a math problem. If you don't understand the equation, you can't get the answer. It's just that simple. If you don't understand how to work the equation, you'll never find the answer. So you got to know how to work the equation. You got to understand that. Um, and it's just that simple. So I, I try to simplify most complex things to like the dumbest level. And then you really see how dumb it is. And it's like, oh, okay, I don't have to overplay this. I can just play it. Yeah, I mean, it, it's like evaluating a defense. You have to look at, see what you're doing, see what your next move is. Don't get ahead of yourself. Just look at it and say, okay, this is this way, this is this way. One step take at a time. Yeah, take what they're giving you one play at a time and, and go about it like that. You just capitalize on each out. Man, I, <laughs> wise words again. I tell you what, man, a conversation between Prevost and Jaquan would be unreal. Just an, an, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not sure if you know. Yeah, we um we have uh, an Olympian here in the Ohio Valley. Um, he is training. He is training to be the first African American to win the gold medal for Team USA in the skeleton competition. So, going down the ice at 80 to 100 miles an hour, I you know. More props to him. I'd be terrified. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know how he is it, but yeah, definitely like to get you guys connected too. Yeah, and I'm all for it. I'd love to meet him. Love the network. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, he's somebody that, you know, I train with. Um, him and I, we've done some Instagram and Facebook lives together too, especially, you know, during COVID since we couldn't hang out. But um, you know, he, he just got back from the training center and he he's just the he's a he's another one. He's just such an influence on me and you know, the things that he's been through to where he is now. And 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 that's the thing, you know, he set the bar high. He said I don't want to be the first, you know, African American on the skeleton team. I want to be the first one to win the gold medal, and that's where he set that bar high. Definitely. You know, shoot for the stars, fall in between. Yeah. And I mean, he he comes from an area too that I mean, from Steubenville, Ohio. I'm sure you heard about it uh, with uh, Jarrell Christian. It, it, it's a football town. I mean, it's basically yeah, you know yeah. all football. There's some phenomenal athletes that come out of there, but you know, for him to come out of there as a track athlete. And then turn into the skeleton. I mean, it, it's really cool to see. That's awesome. That's awesome. Man, I'm all for it. I'd love to talk to him, Chapman. Pick his brain a little bit. Sounds <laughs> like a pretty intellectual guy. Yeah, he really is. I mean, you know, came from a small school too, and you know, that was something that he's like, you know, it's not going to defer me. It just made him stronger, it, made it him better. Makes you, it makes you stronger. You know, mentally, um, it definitely makes you stronger. It grows your heart a little bit. 
you know, because most at that level, I mean, all levels, you know, guys play with their heart, but at the lower levels, you really got to dig deep and, and play behind that heart, um, especially coming from a smaller school, especially when you get uh, compared to other guys coming out of bigger schools and things like that. It's just a lot more that you have to go through to get to where they are, you know. So when you're there, like I said, it's, it's either you, you, you wait on them to open the door or you open it for yourself. Yeah, you really do. I mean, you know, that that's the great thing to see, too. That's why I'm hoping, you know, these smaller FCS schools, you know, I'm hoping they're going to be able to get back to uh, playing again here. So, I mean, like I said, I, I enjoy watching that FCS level. I mean, it, it's just balls to the walls every play. I mean, you know, and I, I followed Coastal Carolina for the, for a long time. Now they've moved up to FBS and what they're doing. I, I'm sure you I'm sure you've ran into them all the way. Were you guys down there? Did you guys go down there to Coast? Yeah, both times we played them, we played uh, at Coastal. Uh, first time was was okay. I mean, we lost both times. First time was okay. Second time, uh, I got put on the ESPN highlight, but that was all right. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, I, I wasn't the one making the highlight. I was the one. They were making the highlight on me. Oh, I got you. Hey, you <laughs> I know. didn't know they had one of the top returners in the country, and I was flat out flying down the field, and he set me up. And Slid chest first about ten yards. Yeah, it was, it was Made you look like a penguin, huh? Yeah, he got me. He got me. <laughs> I couldn't get away from it because they. I think it was on the top ten, so it was on a replay for like a week. Oh, I'm sure you were getting text messages and phone oh, calls and. Blowing me up. <laughs> <laughs> this can't be you. Tell me it's not you. Tell me this ain't true. <laughs> it's like, nah, it's true. They got me. Usually, I'm the one getting people. <laughs> Yeah, but see, you can flip that. It good or bad, you'd be like, "Hey, I was on ESPN. Where, where were you?" Like, <laughs> hey, here it is. I was gonna flip that in your favor, but uh, I appreciate you you talking to us. Um, just some final final last words here because we're we're getting short on time. But um, thank you for for sitting down with us, taking some time out of your busy schedule, and and being able to to link up and do this. Um, Keep us informed. I'm sure you will. Just um, let us know what's going on with you, where you're at. You know, we'll keep everybody updated. Um, there's a lot of people that I get questioned um, when I'm at work and stuff. There's you still have a pretty good fan base and, and loyalty around here, my man. So awesome, man. Well, I still love all those all those people out there, all the fans. They were amazing. Uh, they also played a big part in you know my success and my comfortability while I was out there. Um, not only were you guys looking out, but a couple of other fans and things. They would text and call me. Uh, message me, make sure I'm all right, and uh, help out with the travel as well. So I really appreciate all those, all the fans out in West Virginia. Uh, much love. Um, appreciate you guys. <laughs> Can't say it enough. Uh, first people I met when I got out there, it was great. So, um, but um, I'll, I'll definitely keep you guys posted on everything I got going on. Uh, January, February, and March. Actually, I got three kicking events, um, scouting combines coming up and things like that. So I'll keep you guys posted on where I'll be and uh, what I have going on there. One of the events I'll be charting in, uh, well, one of the events I'll be coaching in and charting in, and then the other two I'll just be coaching in. So I'll definitely make sure I take pictures and videos, send them to you yes. guys, keep you guys updated on what I got going on. Hopefully all this COVID stuff runs away and we can uh, ha uh, schedule that beach trip. Heck Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, we just thank you so much. Like I said, it's always a pleasure to chat with you. And, um, you know, hopefully we'll be able to catch up, get down there to Virginia and get a little there beaching go. going on. There you go. Well, it was nice talking with you guys. You guys be safe.
day. Much love and uh, keep this thing going. You guys are doing great with this podcast. Thank you. That means a lot, brother. No problem. Yeah, definitely. So we we will be getting into um, some different episodes this season, going into a, a lot of uh, a lot of guests. A lot of people got a hold of us and said, "Hey, let let's get on, let's chat." Anybody wants to jump on here with us, man, we'll we'll take it. I mean, it's it's been a lot of fun. We'll sit here chit chat about things. I mean, we started with this one, started clear over here, and ended in right field somewhere. But <laughs> that's the fun in it all. So, but once again, once again, Vost, I appreciate you, you know, coming on with us, guys. We are on, we're on Instagram, we are on Facebook at a hundred percent, Jeff and Chris. We're on Apple Podcast and also on Spotify. So, give us a like, give us a listen. We'll see you guys next time.